The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just get to roman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's getroman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Odds Jam. Odds Jam is the betting tool every sharp better needs, bringing you the latest prices and presenting the best betting opportunities. Dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam. Use promo code SGP and get 5% off sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Odds Jam. Welcome, everybody to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, here to take you through the weekend. Uh, Looking forward to the weekend's action, and we're going to have a look back on what's happened since we last recorded on Sunday night. And here, me to pick over the bones of everything, uh, as usual, from Houston, Texas, Munaf Manji. Good evening. Munaf, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I might be a little distracted because I'm uh, watching the PGA Championship Golf Tournament. I'm sweating out a first-round leader bet. So, Oh, okay. <laughs> Come on, then. Talk me through it. Let's have it. So we have uh, Corey Connors for first-round leader. Currently, he has a two, two-shot lead. He's on the final hole. So it's, it's looking, looking okay. But uh, it's going to be a little bit of a sweat. But uh, hopefully we can catch that before we're, we're done here. So, and what price? What price are we talking, Muda? I think we have it around. I think I got it at sixty to one. What? Yeah, what? sixty to one. Now I haven't looked today, but um, I bet the Slack channel has been a wash. With oh, yeah. First first round leader is one of the things that lights up the Slack channel more than most things, isn't it? On a weekly basis. It does. You know, uh, one of the one of the guys in the Slack just mentioned that, you know, usually Thursday, Thursday through Sunday, it's always busy in the uh, golf Slack channel. And especially on Thursdays, because we're all sweating out first round leader bets. But, um, you know, I, I was I just before we got on. I typed it in the uh, in the Slack channel. I was like, you know, of, of all the bets that we do in sports, whether it's football, baseball, basketball, uh, golf, I, I think the 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 bet that has the most sweat is first round leader first round leader bets. But um, it's always fun every Thursday with the guys to be in there, and then you know it's a ton of fun in uh, in that Slack channel. But we're here to talk about baseball, so let's get right into it. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. It's been. Uh... Just have a have a look back at last week's picks. We I managed to arrest my slide, which I was delighted with. We both did the same thing, Moonoff, which was win our luck and our dogs went down. Um and again, you 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 need luck. Um yeah. my luck that won was um Tuesday evening. Um the Indians beat the Angels six to five mm-hmm. and Zach Plezak um Got me the win. He was uh, he was the angle uh, that I was going for. 
Yeah. Uh, and the Angels had been scuffling along a little bit. Uh, but Pleasak actually gave up six runs, got himself a lead. The Angels came back. And then Pleasak got his nose in front. Um, this, he got a little bit more run support in the sixth inning. Uh, got his nose in front. But gives up gives up five runs and managed to get the W for me. Where previous weeks, like Gosman last week, uh, pulled in the eighth inning eight innings of no run ball and I still can't get the win over the finish line. Um so you need that little bit of luck even if you're um if your process is okay. So I was happy to take that one. Um and on Tuesday I'd gone for the Rangers against the Yankees uh Faulty Nevich. Um and what happened was that Texas beat them on Monday um and we messaged each other in the Slack channel. And I just had a feeling I had the wrong night. So I was kind of yeah. right team, wrong night, which happens in baseball a lot. It's not a hard luck story because uh, you're only as good as, as the night you're playing. But the the Rangers got 3-0 up in that one. 3-0 mm-hmm. uh, up in the third. I watched the highlights the next morning because those games, especially... Uh, over on that coast, um, uh, sort of three o'clock in the morning for me. So I bought yeah. myself a coffee in the morning, watched all the highlights, and I watched the Rangers go three nothing up. And I thought, here we go. And then they gave up five immediately. They gave them all back and some more uh, in the fourth. And uh, that was the end of that. So it finished seven to four, the Yankees. So I got that wrong, but I was, ha- I was happy to break me duck. Um, and your two, Moonaf, your, uh, your luck was a spectacular success, shall we say? Yeah, that was, uh, you know, when we had talked about it on Sunday, I was, you know, pretty confident that I was going to come out around nine and a half. Um, sorry, with, with uh, yeah, nine and a half. And it, it opened at nine and a half and it trickled down to nine a little bit. So I got a little worried, but I think right around game time, it went back up to nine and a half. And I had so it was the White Sox twins, wasn't it? White Sox twins. Yeah. And uh, it was on the, the Monday game where we had both of the lefties going and, you know, we talked about how both of these teams are good at hitting left handers. And by the fifth inning, I even, I messaged you on Slack. I was like, that was, that bet was <laughs> <Yeah>. too easy. <laughs> it was 10 to one by uh, the fifth inning. So, you know, those bets are always fun to hit. Um, you know, it's kind of a sweat free bet, uh, a uh, sweat free win there. So, uh, glad about that, but you know, we going back to our our dogs where we've kind of been struggling. Uh, I mean, mine was washed by, I think the third inning. I think the Cubs got out to like a four nothing lead. Nationals yeah, got, did, yeah, yeah, like three back. Got it, made it a little interesting, but at the end of the day, the um, the Cubs pulled away. So uh, you know, not a, not a bad week for us. I think I think our our locks did. You know, we went two and zero on the locks, and I think you know, we know one of these weeks we're going to go perfect four and zero. I have complete faith in both of us to get it done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the tally site picks over on tallysite.com mm. um, and on the sports gambling podcast.com website, they're embedded under the MLB tab there. Um, I was doing okay, usual. And then last night I had a 12 and three night last night. So I was absolutely delighted with that. Um, I did make myself laugh because I, I, I mentioned last week that I feel like my winning percentage should be higher. <laughs> And I actually, and I don't know what I was thinking, let's be honest. I, I got the calculator up on my phone this afternoon just to double check that 50, how could that only be 52%? Because to the <laughs> eye, and look, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm rolling at 60, 65%. And I did the maths and it was indeed 52%. And then I had to give my head a shake and think, why are you doing this? Um, as if they would get it wrong. So, um, but a 12 and 3 like uh, last night put me on 22 and 17 for the week. Uh, and you're on 20 and 18. So we're, we're kind of neck and neck. Um, and again, three or, three or four games over over 500, you'd take that every week, moving off. It's been there. Uh, uh, what I did was 
I actually got my my um, mm-hmm. cash winnings per game because I said last week I, I felt like because I'd been struggling a little bit, yeah. I was going a little bit chalky, mm-hmm. uh, and my average winnings had dropped to something like seven eighty seven dollars eighty to yeah. a ten dollar bet. So I thought I felt that was a little bit too chalky. So on Monday night I messaged you because I'd gone three and six, yeah. um, but got my winnings up to fourteen dollars and something. Um, so I'd managed to hit all the dogs um, and then got three and six, but my 12 and three like last night. So it's been a roller coaster this week, but uh, a few games above 500. Uh, we'll take that every single week. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's um, it, it, especially in baseball, it's going to sometimes be chalky nights, you know, because when you have sometimes some of these pitchers that are going to be 160, 170 favorites, it's kind of hard to go the other way when some of these pitchers are so dominant against or either that they're having a great season or they're just going to be dominating another team that's not hitting well. So, you know, I tried my best at least this week to kind of pick some more uh, underdogs. And, you know, at least today there's been a lot of lines that have been kind of close to uh, either a pick, uh, sorry, a pick them or like close to minus 110, minus 120. And, you know, those are the kind of the coin flip games where kind of gets your average winnings up. But um, you take a look at our picks right there, like you mentioned on sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Um, we're all above for overall for the season. We're all at least above 52%. So I think we got to pat ourselves on the back a little bit. Um, you I've updated standings through the games this afternoon. You're hitting at 55%. And then Nick is at 68% and Will's on a heater again at 77%. Oh so, man, Will Bowman is the top boy. Yeah. So, you know, um, if you're not checking our picks there on, um, you know, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Just hit that MLB tab, MLB picks. You're missing out on making money. Our our two other guys, um, Nick and and Will, are just having a absolutely fire week. Uh, I see that you, Malcolm, are up to fifty five percent. I dropped down a little bit today to fifty one percent. But man, we're all having a great week. So you guys need to make sure to check out our picks there, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Uh, just hit that again, the MLB tab, and then hit MLB picks, and you'll see our picks every single day. It seems to be um, what's making it tricky for me at the moment is the the back end of a lot of rotations. There seems to be a lot of pitching injuries, and I'm mm-hmm. seeing names on the starting pitcher um, slate every day that mm-hmm. I'm just not familiar with or not yeah. familiar enough with. Um, you really haven't to... to, to not take a deep dive, but you're gonna have to. You have to have a look and just see what these people are capable of. Because, and we've said before that um, you don't have time for that in baseball. I mean, who's got? I've, I've done four different jobs today. Um, yeah. Where we're recording later than usual. I've been out tonight as well. So, um, you to come and, and and get the stats and the information on seven sort of rookie. You've got two or three rookie pitchers. You've got teams having a bullpen day. Yeah. Um, and like I say, the back end, the back end of a lot of rotations, even um, the Dodgers tonight. Yeah. Oh, sorry. In fact, uh, the Dodgers are opening with David Price tonight. So I think they're going bullpen day as well again. But um, the Dodgers rolled a pitcher out last night. I think it was Ucieta or someone. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to make my picks. And you just, there's not enough hours in the day to keep up with them. But uh, yeah. the, pit, the pitching at the minute does seem to have taken particularly, uh, to, to have been hit hard. Yeah, no, a lot of times these teams are going to have like bullpen days, right? Especially sometimes when teams like today, I believe the Angels, um, I believe they're playing the Twins. Um, it's a, it's a double header, yeah. Yeah, so they're going to have double header. So you're going to get a guy maybe that starts out of the bullpen 
And a lot of times when they do have a guy that comes out of the bullpen, he might just go that first inning and they might just turn it over to a long reliever. So it's really hard to really handicap that, you know, because we don't know what the plan is for, for the manager and, and for the pitchers for that particular game. But um, like you said, it, it is, you know, when there's anywhere from 10 to 14, 15 games a night, it gets really difficult to handicap every single game. It'll take up, it'll take up hours and hours of your time. And if you're not a full-time better, you know, it, it gets really difficult. So, um, you know, the one thing that I've learned from learning from other professional betters is that really focus on, on divisions and really know the pitchers and the players uh, that are in the lineups and the pitching rotation, because if you specialize in one or two divisions, I think that is a good starting point for you instead of having to handicap 30 teams, which is really impossible to do. Um, so, you know, if you, if you, if you have a feel on a specific division, let's just say it's the NL West, you know, with the Dodgers, Padres, uh, the Giants and the, and the Diamondbacks that are in that division. If you know those teams very well and they're playing every single night, that'll give you, you know, you're not going to bet every single night, every single game, every single night, right? So you're going to, if you specialize in some of these divisions, I think that that's a good starting point for you to really know the bullpens and the pitchers in, in, on, on some of these teams. Yeah, absolutely. And even, um, some of the lineups that the teams are talking about, I've been looking at, uh, I'm just trying to drag up the, as an example, the, the Mets, um, lineup for, from yesterday. And, uh, the Yankees is another one. Um, the, Giancarlo Stanton. We're going to talk a little bit of injuries as we normally do. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can drag up the, the New York Mets uh, lineup for the last couple of days. Because you look at the Mets in the, the top of the division, they were um, 20 and 16. Mm-hmm. And then, so you've got uh, Villar leading off, Lindor, and then Cameron Mabin, yeah. who is and has been just a nothing hitter. Um, he's batting three. Um James McCann, who's been terrible. And then from six down, you've got Peraza, Fargus, Lee. I mean, stop me if you've heard of any of these people, <laughs> um, because I haven't. Uh, after, after McCann, I don't know. Yeah, and that's not... And, the, the, and where people will look at most box scores every day. Right. Um, and they've just been hit so many injuries. And then and the Yankees are I'm familiar with a few more of their names, um, but they've got sort of Tyler Wade. There was someone called Lamar, possibly. Um, and I'm just looking down these lineups, and um, it's really hard to, to uh, get a gauge. And if, if, if you just handicapped it by looking at, okay, it's, it's the Mets. This is their record. This is who's pitching. Um and they're playing the Braves, I think I think they've got a good chance. And then you go down the lineup, there's so much to take into account. You really have to have your your wits about you if you're if you're trying to handicap baseball on a yep. daily basis. Um right. we just mentioned uh little bits of injuries. Uh we try not to focus on it too much. Um couple of a bit of a killer for the Angels was uh, Mike Trout with yeah. the calf looking at six to eight weeks. Um we mentioned him, or I think I mentioned him is my uh, home run sleeper, or well, not even Mike Trout. You can't call Mike Trout a sleeper. But it was just someone that no one was talking about. People were talking about, oh, yeah, fancy players, your uh, Tatis and Acuna and Soto and people like that. And I put Trout up and then I've kind of jinxed him and he's looking at uh, six to eight weeks, which for Angels team who yeah. are scuffling along a little bit, um, that's a bit of a kick in the pants for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think zooming out, you know, we talk about, as a fan, I want to talk, and it's really hard 
because Mike Trout almost seems like he gets injured every single very single season. Yeah, right? the last sort of three or four years now, which becoming yeah. a little bit of whether a, it's a been like it, it's been a major injury or or something that's kept them out, like it is this this season for six to eight weeks. Um, it's tough, man. I mean, you know, like we had talked about when we were talking about home run leaders and and guys for MVPs. That you know, I just want to see Mike Trout play a hundred a full season healthy. You know, yeah. it's not he's not going to be able to play one hundred and sixty two games. But if he's able to be stay healthy and and be at 150, 145, 150 games a season, I, I think fans would take that right because it, it's tough to see one of the best players, if not the best player in the in in, in the MLB, to go down like that. It's tough. But I, I think for the Angels, I think they have more than enough to compensate on offense. Um, they have hitters, right? Otani's been on fire lately. Yeah. Leads the league in home runs right now. Jared Walsh has come along. Um, Anthony Rendon is there. I think the one guy that they really need to step up right now in the a- absence of uh, Mike Trout is going to be uh, Justin Upton. Yeah. He has 24 hits, but eight of, eight of those hits are home runs. So if he can start hitting for some for average and from for some hits, I think they're going to be okay. Again, the biggest concern that we've talked about for the Angels is always going to be their pitching because, again, like we said, they haven't they haven't done anything to address it. So um, hopefully the offense can ride the ship until Mike Trout is back, but, you know, tough to see one of the best players, if not the best player in baseball, you know, go down for, for about eight weeks here with a calf injury. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's been two real stories that have been dominating baseball this week. And I've listened to kind of sensible podcasts have been talking about them. Um, podcasts with a bit more gravitas uh, than us moving off. But, mm. So uh, we're, we don't want to do them in death. What has things been the no hitters? Um, now you see that, and once or twice a week, I bring up my these two things are going to be my Englishman questions. So it doesn't necessarily excite me particularly. I get the alert on my phone or whatever, and I see it as kind of a, a mild uh, something of mild interest. Um, but it was quite a big deal, wasn't it, uh, to throw an hitter by all accounts um, yeah. until this season when it's happening. Every hour and a half, like I mean, so stop the show. We, another, two, we have another. Yeah, we've had two this <laughs> this week. Spencer yeah. Turnbull. I mean, Spencer Turnbull. Really, I suppose that that kind of the thing is that a, a third or fourth starter in your rotation can throw one, and oh, and, it, and it's a miracle, brilliant. And then Corey Kluber threw one, making it six for the season or yep. seven, um, if you count Mad Bums. Um, yeah. Seven inning, mm-hmm. no hit. And now the most of the season was eight, and that was in eighteen eighty four. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Is this a is this a dead ball thing? I mean, what am I missing? I'm I feel like I'm missing something here. Why can't people yeah. hit the ball? It used to be exciting. Like I, I, I think we kind of go back to last season when they ca- talked about how the the baseballs were were quote unquote juiced, where yeah, you know, obviously the ball will fly more out out of the outfield, or or you know, it would be it would create more hits and runs. But when, when we talked about uh, no hitters, maybe up until a few seasons ago, it was something exciting, right? Because, oh man, it, it's, it's hard for a player or hard for a pitcher to go out and throw a no hitter against a, a, any, any baseball team, right? Because they're professional hitters. Yeah. Um, and for at least, you know, for this season where there's already been six, possibly seven with an asterisk with, with mad bum, it, it's kind of getting boring. And I've seen the, I've seen it on Twitter the, about the argument or, or people talking about whether it's, a, it's good for the game right now. Um, I'm not sure if it's good for the, I mean, it, it's a great accomplishment for some of these pitchers that are getting it because 
it's like winning a major tournament at a golf tournament for some of these pitchers, right? Because you throw, you throw a no hitter in, in, in the uh, MLB, it's a great accomplishment for a pitcher, but when you're, you're getting one almost every other single night and we've had what two this week, like we said, yeah, it gets a little boring. And I think that might be something to do with some of the teams that are getting no hit. Maybe their offenses aren't as good because I think out of the, four, the six, no hitters, two of them have been, uh, done by the Cleveland Indians and two to the Mariners, I believe. Um, I think so, in two to Texas as well. I think, I think three teams have been no hit twice, which is quite astonishing. Like, yeah. And it's, I think some of the teams that are in the kind of the bottom of the league and hitting. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm a guy that likes like seeing high scoring games and runs and it makes for more exciting baseball. You know, I know some of the old school guys were, it's all about pitching and, and, you know, getting out and playing small ball, but you know, it, it gets a little, Sometimes it gets a little boring for for you know having no hitters. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, what even sort of three weeks ago, we you tipped up John Means that night as your lucky threw a new hitter. We were messaging about it. it was quite it was quite exciting three weeks ago, and now sort of four no hitters later, it's yeah. all it's a bit old hat like. So um, yeah. the the second thing I wanted to come on to, and this was another thing that I, I, I cannot compute at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I've listened to lots of takes about it. The Tony Larusa. And you mean Mercedes and the unwritten rules, and it absolutely makes me scratch my head. I don't understand. Um, so, if most, I imagine most of you will be familiar. It was it was the game that you picked the overs on Monday night. It was the sixteen four game. So, obviously, um, the White Sox are way ahead. Um, Mercedes. Um, so, well, Minnesota have got uh, Williams Astadio pitching, uh, the part-time catcher and first baseman. He's loving up 48 mile an hour, uh, little mm-hmm. Ephes pitches. Uh, Mercedes gets a 3-0 count and then just smash the tar out of one, uh, hit it 400 and something odd feet. Mm-hmm. And that, you see, that entertains me no end. But then all hell breaks loose. Tony yeah. LaRusso absolutely pans him for breaking the unwritten rules of baseball, which are these things that are all about respect and value in the game. And he called Mercedes clueless. Um, And the next night they threw at him, which Larusa said was okay. And the entire thing confuses me to death. I remember it happened with Tatis last season as well. Um, He hit a 3-0 pitch out. And had to come out and apologise. He did a Zoom interview. Went out to apologise, and I just don't really. What am I missing, Rudolf? What's what's why an unwritten rule? What I mean, I. So, what do you think? If you're, if let me ask you, if you're a manager and your team is up, let's say seventeen to four, and your you one of your batters hits a home run on a three zero count from a positional player, how how would you feel about it? I'd be delighted. Okay. <laughs> so I, I I personally don't have a problem with it. Like I think Trevor Bauer came out and said, if we, we're we're here to play the game, if you can't throw a strike, or if you're if you can't get out or you can't throw a strike, he said he didn't he pretty much what he was saying that he didn't have a problem with Mercedes hitting the home run. Right. And I don't think I had a problem with I it. I don't think anybody I haven't read anyone apart from Old people, I yeah. think. The, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the Minnesota, um, the announcers, the commentators uh, were 
grumping about it as Mercedes trotted around the bases. Yeah. And then Larusa, who is a 77-year-old man. And you see, I do have a, I've mentioned before that uh, the Newcastle football manager is one of these old dinosaur types. So I feel like I've got <laughs> a, a dog in this fight that um, I, pu- I want to push back on everything that they represent. Um but surely the games live. What when it happened with Tatis last year? There was something like there were only nine or ten nil up. Um, but and then people dragged up an interview with the the managers at Tingler, uh, and yeah. they'd they'd rallied the season before and won a game. And he was like, "Yeah, my boys never give up. My boys never give up. They got back in the game. I'm so proud of them." Well, how, why are you allowed to rally? But you're not allowed to tag on. Yeah. And where's where's the line? What is the line? And here's something which is completely counterintuitive. Do you, what the reason Williams asked to deal is in that game is to protect the twins bullpen for the day after. Yeah. So they can beat you the day after. <laughs> is that right? Have I got that right? <laughs> if I, I'm not looking at that completely. So they're, the same two teams are playing each other the day after. Yeah. But they're protecting all those guys who were sitting in the bullpen over there. Right. Yeah. So Astadio can pitch. So that is, that's with one eye on beating you tomorrow. So why wouldn't you? It's just the old thing. Because there are other unwritten rules as well, I'm led to believe. There's something about stealing. Um, sure. Are there any other bits and bobs that I've missed? Uh, I don't know, maybe bunting if a team is in a shift and your guy bunts down third base line maybe that's an unwritten rule but why I don't would know. you not do that exactly and you know what the, the funny part is i think going back to the the home run that he hit again I, like i said i don't have a problem with it i, I can see how the opposing team ha- has a problem with it fine i understand that but the thing that kind of bothers me is that larusa pretty much turned his back on his players yeah he really did right because you have a manager when you have a manager of a team he's gonna He's he has to come out to the media and public and say that it's a, in we're you know we're going to deal with it internally, but he has to come out and say the right things. He can't come out and say what he said about Mercedes and some of these other players that are on the team. If you have something to say to your players, you do it inside the clubhouse. You do it in your office and tell them, "Hey, I think you were wrong for this. You shouldn't have done it." Uh, but you don't go out to the media and say, because it's a really bad look. And it, it, that's when it creates that friction between players and it creates that friction between managers. And we had, when we had talked about in the season preview, when we were talking about the White Sox, I personally thought that the La Russa hire was a, the wrong hire for this White Sox team, because you have a lot of young players on this team with a very, very old school uh, manager, and it's going to clash and it's happening now because of what happened with the home run that Mercedes hit. And you got to remember that. And the one thing about baseball is that you have young guys in every single sport, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, we've seen how basketball and football has changed the way they play the game. Football is a quarterback lead. It's a lot more passing. It's, a, it's they don't run the ball as much anymore, right? Basketball. It's a three point shooting league. Now it's not about big men. Like with, when Shaq was there, when Hakeem was there, even back when Will Chamberlain was there, it wasn't a post-up game. It's a three-point shooting league now. With with baseball, you can't change the game that much, right? Because hitters are going to want to hit home runs. And that's just the fact of it. Now, my question is, another question is that, let's just say Mercedes, and this is a very hypothetical question. Let's say 
somehow, some way he catches up to Barry and Bonds home run record, or he, he catches up to the rookie home run record and he falls one home run short. And if he didn't hit that home run, he did against the twins. He doesn't get to break that record. Right. So I think you play the game the way you want to play it again. Like I said, going back and I know I'm talking a lot here, but Larusa was in the wrong for him to come out to the media and say, that's something that you deal with inside the clubhouse with your young players. But like I said, you got to have the manager has to have players back no matter what happens. Yeah, absolutely. He's kind of been under the spotlight for a few weeks. Um, I mean, this makes me laugh. We we talked about him three weeks ago, mm-hmm. not knowing the written rules when he put his picture on as a runner in extras. So, I mean, he complained about the unwritten rules. What about the actual rules? You want to get them right first. <laughs> um, and then um, there's been a few, like Tim Anderson posted something um, telling Jermaine Mercedes to, you keep doing you or something. Yeah. Uh, Lance Lynn came out and said something and LaRusso said he's got a locker I've got an office which is just a proper so maybe dad would say I'm mean, just a proper old man's take yeah. um, the only thing I don't I'm not sure is how I think bad a team could win sort of despite the manager I'm not entirely sure it's not maybe a little bit different in, in football or soccer the Premier League that I would watch with a terrible manager a team's not going not going to be able to win but if Lusa keeps trotting out um, 10, 9 of the 11 or 12 available bats every day, um, I suppose it's only really the bullpen usage that they can lose you a game. Like, so yeah. um, I think, and, and the White Sox still really have been, they've been going okay. They've been going very well, in fact. Um, yeah. In the face of a couple of big injuries. So, yeah, that just, it, but it, to me, as, a, as, an, out, as an outsider, as a, as a foreigner, as an Englishman looking in, it's just absolutely and utterly baffling. I get having a mercy rule playing with the kids. I mean, I, I've got a nine year old football team, and if, if they go 5 0 up or down, for every goal, the other team can put an extra player on. So we play seven aside. Sometimes you can end up playing seven on the 10 or 11. Um, so trying to balance it out so things can't get out of hand. But this professional sport. And if he ever goes to arbitration, Mercedes, I mean, the boy's got to get paid as well. Like they, yeah. um, they reckon a, a, a home runs worth about 50 or 60,000 in arbitration. Um, yeah. I mean, that's not to be sniffed. Like he's got families to think about. Um, I just found the whole thing completely and utterly baffling. Yeah. Um, mean, it's, you know, it's like we talked about, it's, it's a generational thing with the old school manager and, and young players and, you know, Again, it, it's a it's in a lot of these leagues, it's a players' league, and you know I'll be very surprised if Larusa is back next season as the manager for this team because it almost seems like there's a rift now in the in the within that clubhouse. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about before we get into other things was um, Tampa Bay of Sniggly, and we shouldn't be surprised at this because you. We we did. I didn't write them off, but I was just a little bit down on them, thinking they they can't do it again because every year they sort of cobble together um, this team, and they have the twenty seven different blokes getting saves and all sorts of things. Um, they've now won six in a row. Um, tough division that they're in, um, but they they tend to uh, they tend to have the Yankees in the palm of their hand as well. And they're still, I think they're still four favourites for that division. Um, they're second at the moment, um, half a game back from Boston. Um, it's very tight. They've, they've won 26, Boston 26, New York 25, Toronto 23. Um, 
But Tampa, seven in a row now. They've won tonight. They've um, they beat the Orioles 10 to one. So they've won eight of the last 10. Um, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised. And we probably shouldn't have uh, been so down on them because this is what happens every year. And it's almost what they want you to want, want you to feel as well. They want you to be a little bit down. They fly under the radar. Uh, they're not normally stacked with star names. Um, the uh, Randy Rosarena, the, the rookie, had such a good postseason yep. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really got hot in the last few days. But um, Tampa Bay are looking like the real deal, Munaf. Yeah. Yeah, and... Again, like you said, we're not surprised that Tampa Bay is in contention again every single year. They find a way, right? They always find a way to either be in contention for the division or a wild card spot. And a lot of times, if I named off, you know, to a casual sports fan of baseball, some of the names on this roster, they probably wouldn't recognize, you know, maybe maybe past three guys, I don't think they would recognize who's on this roster, right? We know of, again, like you said, Randy Rosarena from last season who had an absolutely fantastic postseason. They have guys like Austin Meadow, Joey Wendell. Um, you know, the pitching has, they, they've lost a couple guys. Uh, you know, they lost, obviously, Blake Snell in the offseason to the San Diego Padres. But you got to give a lot of credit to their to their manager too, right? Because he's he's doing a great job of getting the right lineups out there and right, make the right calls. Maybe not last season where he pulled Blake Snell too early in the playoffs, but again, for the regular season, Kevin Cash does a fantastic job of, um, yeah. of, of really managing this race team. So uh, again, like you said, I'm not surprised. Uh, the one bet I would make, I know you put the division odds on there. I think it's going to be tough for them because they do have the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Yankees who are dealing with, injuries and things like that with their, some of their, their marquee guys. And, you know, their pitching has been doing better since we probably talked about them on our first podcast. Um, I think something to look at would be probably to make the playoffs for the race. I think you could probably find that at plus money. Maybe it's around plus one Oh five plus one ten, anything up to plus one twenty. I think that would be a good bet for this race team because they're a scrappy bunch. They don't give up, right. They play hard every single night. Their offense almost seems like it's doing better this season. So I think that would be, one way that I would bet on the raise if you, for a future, from a future standpoint. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I mean, that division is really tough and I think maybe we need to see it pan out for another month or so. But I mean, mm. th- it could be like this going into the last week of the season, this division. You, do, you don't see a team pulling away unless New York got really healthy yeah. uh, and put a, and put a hot streak together. Um, then I think you'll be able to throw a blanket over Boston, Tampa and Toronto. Yeah, uh, it's all if New York are still hanging around in there, or if they manage to get themselves four or five games in front. But it won't be more than that. Um, that's going to be a really, a really um, close division. Um, last week we talked about some American League ones to watch. We took a we took a team and a pitcher and a hitter each. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this week we thought we'd uh, head across to the National League yeah. and do something similar. Um. So I'll crack on first, Runaf. And sure. um, the team was really difficult um, because we've talked about the NL Central a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and um, it's bad. And St. Louis uh, were starting now just to, to edge out of that a little bit. Um, 
they they do they look okay. San Francisco have been a real surprise. Um, San Diego and the Dodgers are still chasing them. I mean, a uh, five-game winning streak um, for San Francisco at the minute. But then San Diego have won six and the Dodgers have won three. So San Francisco are having to win uh, five games in a row just to, to to keep those two teams at bay. But they're not going to be at the you know, end of the season. So I was looking up at the NL East and... I, I kind of alluded to it earlier on when we talked about the, the Mets lineups and stuff. And the team that's kind of stood out to me is uh, Miami. Yeah. So they're 19-23 at the minute, but um, their expected win loss is 21-21. Um, so the, the, the Pythagorean uh, record. And that would be enough um, at 500 to put them top of that division. And I know you can't go on expected win-loss. You have to go on actual win-loss. Win but every other team in that division would be under, uh, under 500. You've got the Mets at 17-20, Philly 21-22, Atlanta 20-23, and in Washington 18-22. and 22. Yeah. Uh, Miami, the absolute rags in this division, they're 30-1. Now, I'm not sure they're going to win it, um, but there's certainly a possibility of, uh, of, of maybe a hedging opportunity because if they can hang around for another another month, another six weeks or so. The Mets are going to struggle for a little while longer. Um, Philly won't move from five, what the, the, the uh, five twelve at the moment. They're not going to move. Atlanta's pitching is really falling apart. They're having to fall back to the back end of the rotation, bringing mm-hmm. a load of rookies up. Uh, and Washington just aren't really up too much. I liked um, Miami's... Uh, bullpen is decent. Um, they've got quite a few, a few guys getting saves in there. Um, the sixth, are they six? Sorry, eighth, uh, eighth in ERA in the entire uh, league, not just in the in the National League. Yeah. Eighth, eighth of the thirty teams in ERA, which I think is perfectly acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, the batting isn't great, but a, a, quite a few of the picks that we've we've looked at this season because of a, they can often be due to the, the competition stumbling rather than, than Miami. And Miami do, we've, we've, we've said a few times, have, have a really nice um, start rotation. I think Sandy Alcantara might be pitching tonight. Yeah. Uh, still waiting for Sixto to come back. Uh, your boy Rogers, are you a sweet on last week? Mm. Um, and I just thought at the prices, um, it's very competitive. And I think Miami can hang around uh and like I said, there's a, there's a few stats, there's a few pointers, some underlying things that tell you that uh, they're not going to be a million miles away, uh, certainly for the next six weeks to two months. Uh, and like I say, you might get yourself a hedging opportunity. There wasn't much jumped out, uh, but Miami were just, uh, I think they were of more interest than most, Muna. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been a season where we've seen a lot of good pitching. You know, we talked about the no-hitters and things like that. And, you know, overall run scoring is down, right? We talked about... yeah. Um, and you, you talked about it right now with Miami is that their pitching has been really good, right? And we've talked about it at links. We, we've backed Pablo Lopez a couple of times. We talked about Trevor Rogers uh, for NL Cy Young, you know, just to have that conversation about him. But like you said, you know, their pitching is doing well. You know, that's kind of what's been really carrying them so far this season. Um, you know, the batting is not nothing to be, uh, you know, not, not, nothing to be ashamed of, but, you know, they have guys in the lineup that can hit, they probably just haven't gotten going at yet, right? <clears throat> I think they're being, at least for average, you know, Miguel Rojas has been their best hitter at 287. You have Corey Dickerson at 288. Um, Jesse Aguilar is at two, oh, sorry, Jesus Aguilar is at 273. 
So, I mean, you know, they're, they're finding ways to win games. And I think you got to give a lot of credit again to their managers for kind of expe- exceeding expectations of what we've kind of expected or some people have expected for this Miami Marlins team. So, um, you know, it almost seems like that, at least in that NL East division that whichever team is the most healthy in that final month of the season is probably going to win this division, you know, and you've talked about, um, you know, br- uh, brave struggles on pitching. They had the offense. We know that we're led by Ronald Acuna jr. Phillies question marks there. Mets, you know, they're all banged up right now. So, you know, with, we don't know, we still haven't heard anything about Jacob deGrom either. And again, this division is wide open. It almost seems like a lot of these divisions right now are wide open. And we talked about the AL East with Tampa Bay Rays and now the NL East, it seems like that a lot of these divisions are going to come down to that final week. So you, like you said, that there may be opportunities for you to grab a 20 to one, 30 to one on a team right now. And they might be right in contention in that final week. And you might be able to bet on another team that's maybe, you know, 10 to one, 12 to one to create a nice middle opportunity for you there and, and have a positive EV. Yeah. So um, team wise, moon off what, uh, what were you drawn to? Yeah, the team that you had just mentioned earlier, they're the San Francisco Gi- uh, Giants, right? Nobody's really talking about them because they are in that NL West buried uh, between the the Padres and the Dodgers. It's like the uh, Giants are number one in their division right now. And again, for this team, it's really been their pitching that's really led the way. We've talked at volumes about uh, Kevin Gosman, like you've backed him a couple times. Yeah, they got a huge victory today. But it was like nineteen to four. Yeah, they did. I mean, they, they scored absolutely, nineteen runs tonight. Yeah, uh, embarrassed the the Reds there. So, um, and it really hasn't been their bats. If you kind of look at their lineup, they don't really have guys that are hitting much for average or or hitting a big home runs. It's really again been their pitching um, that's leading the way, and that's kind of been the storyline right now. Like we mentioned, because run scoring has been down, and if you look at um, <clears throat> sorry, their uh, pitching rotation. It's probably been a lot of guys that are washed up and they're trying to kind of resurrect their careers. We talked about Kevin Gosman, Alex Wood, and I'll, I'll tie this together because the, my pitcher, I believe I wrote down that we we're going to talk about is Alex Wood. So I'll just tie those two together. Yeah, that's right. He's 5-0 and oh so far, 1.75 ERA, a .94 whip, 8.8 uh uh, average of strikeouts per nine innings, a 1.4 war. You know, we've talked about a war at, at length also. So, you know, this, this giant team, it's, it's, I think Gabe Kapler is their manager and they're chugging along, especially in the NL West where it was only supposed to be a two horse race with the Dodgers and the Padres. I think the one thing for this division, again, is pitching. We've talked about how the, it, from the national media perspective that the Dodgers and the Padres have the two best rotations in the entire league, but we're not really talking about the giants who have a pretty good rotation also just because they don't have the big, the big superstar names of their pitching rotation doesn't mean they're not doing a a really good job pitching. So uh, that's the one team that I wanted to kind of talk about. And I, I, I didn't, I don't think I wrote down what their division odds were right now. Um, but I can pull that up. But those are the two, you know, tying together the pitcher that I wanted to kind of point out, Alex Wood, who was with the Dodgers this season. Oh, sorry, last couple seasons, and now he's he's doing a tremendous job for for the San Francisco Giants in that NL West division. Yeah, the Giants have been a good story. They've got the 
the best record in baseball at the minute, 28 and 16. Yeah. Like 19 runs uh, on the Reds tonight. Uh, and it is the, the pitch, and the pitch has been great. If you go down the the batting lineup, there's not many uh, not many names that stand out at all. There's quite a few veterans in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've been a good story. I think they will uh, get overhauled by the uh, the two big teams in that division. It's almost inevitable. Um but if they can uh, keep themselves in contention, and they're certainly on a nightly basis, um, when Johnny Cueto tonight, uh, he started the season well, spent a little bit of time on the IL. He's come back with a couple of wins. So if you can uh, if you can catch him right, keep an eye on on when you're getting these good pitching matchups. Because I, I think, I mean, Johnny Cueto maybe been a dog tonight against Tyler Marley. Would have been close, maybe a pick him. Uh, I didn't see yeah, the odds, he was an uh, underdog. You're talking about today? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was an underdog. Let me check on our tally on our on our. Yeah, he was a dog at plus. You guys got it at plus one eighteen. I got it at plus one twenty five. So he was a dog for sure. Especially that for them being on the road. I didn't even mention that. You know, they've been a, a, a fantastic home team. I believe their record is fourteen and four uh, at home this season. And on the road, they just got above five hundred by beating the Reds um, in a couple games this year. They're up to fourteen and twelve on the road. So we, I've, no, I've talked plus, about. Plus, uh, go ahead. Uh, just saying that on a nightly basis, plus 118 there for Johnny Cueto against Tyler Molly. There'll be plenty of opportunities like that over the next few weeks when those, uh, say, Wood, Gosman, when those Giants um, starters are going. And that's uh, another. Fill your boots. So that's certainly something, something to keep an eye on. And that's another key that we talked about earlier, right? Picking favorite and knowing teams and, and pitchers that are doing really well. Sometimes people have this a predetermination in their head that that are comparing stats from years past that it's kind of going to translate to this season. So I think the one guy we had talked about early, early in the season was Matt Harvey because of the the lack of success he had in years prior with the angels and the Mets. We thought that was going to translate to this, this season, but early on for Matt Harvey, that wasn't the case. He was doing pretty well for the Orioles. He had a bad start his last game, but again, if you dig down into the numbers, guys like Alex Wood and Kevin Gosman, Johnny Cueto, have been pitching well for the for the um, Giants, and you're going to find them in, in underdog roles this season. Yeah, you've got a you've put a, little, a nice little stat on our on our show notes there, moving enough that uh, the regular season win tool was at seventy five and a half. Yeah, and they're already thirty seven percent of the way there. So, yeah. um, hope if you were on the over there, you're looking good. Um, the picture I looked at um, from the Phillies. Um, and it was Zach Eflin, which is kind mm-hmm. of a—he's a, he's a name. He's a—he's a bit of a middling name. He's not a—he's not a stud. He's not your your number one in the rotation. He's kind of—he's kind of a middling kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a betting angle, again, harking back to just what we were talking about about the Giants, is is really just to watch him for his next few starts, where because he is that sort of middling name that he'll either be. Uh, pick him or maybe a bit of a dog. He's never going to be a particularly short price favourite. Um, he doesn't strike out that many, that many guys. He's he's not a he's not a flamethrower. He, he, he's striking out just under uh, nine batters per nine, eight point nine five. Um, but there's a few things that just uh, stuck out for me. I talked last week about. Uh, Babips when we were talking about Jose Ramirez and the Cleveland Indians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the same thing applies uh, for Zach Eflin. So I've got these listed in war order. So Jacob de Grom's at the top and then you've got big names, Wheeler, um, 
I mean, there's three fillies in the top 10 there, Wheeler, uh, Eflin and Nola. But you've got Wheeler, Woodruff, Gorsman, Kershaw, Darvish, Scherzer. Um, so you've got the big names up there. Um, every single one of them is Babips, 224, 195, 213. Mm. Uh, Eflin's up at 331. There's only one other player, and that's his teammate Nola that's over um, 300 at 306. And the majority of them uh, are nearer 200 and 300. Yeah. Um, so regard, uh, pitching really well, but expecting um, that there's more improvement. Um, his home run to fly ball rate is just about the highest. It's the highest in the top 13. Uh, yeah. 12.5%. I'm just checking if that's a, a season on season thing. Yeah, it kind of is actually. Um, he tends to give up a lot of homers to, to fly balls. That's been 16%, 16%, 18%. Uh, so he actually needs to, needs to keep that down. Um, but it just, it just stood out to me that on that list, he's keeping good company, uh, but I think there's improvement. So um, on a middling team, the Phillies, um, and he's kind of your middle, middle rotation man, I'll certainly be looking at him in the next few weeks, maybe to take him as my lock or even my dog. Yeah, and I think there's a there's a few wins for him. I think he's two and three so far at the minute, but that I think that is the the record that's going to improve. Yeah, and, and when we talk about the Phillies. It's like you know, it, it's their offense that's really supposed to be carrying this team because it's some of the guys that they have in the lineup led by Bryce Harper, right? And we we've talked about at volumes that the Phillies shouldn't be worried about their batting, in which is the case right now they should be. It should be their pitching that they're worried about, but the thing that's been kind of holding the ship for them or riding the course for them has been their pitching this season. And like you mentioned, you know, Zach Eflin has kind of been hidden by the shadows by the two other guys in this rotation by Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. So, you know, if the, in, if there's still improvement for, for Zach Eflin that you mentioned, this Phillies rotation is in pretty good shape. Um, you know, they're, they, their four and five starters are absolutely horrendous. But when you when you when your front three guys with Nola, Eflin, and Wheeler are doing pretty damn good so far this season, the batting really needs to help him out. And again, that two and three record should be a lot better because he started nine games and he's only won two. He's had six quality starts. The thing, the one thing that kind of sticks out for me for Zach Eflin, take a look at his walks. Uh, sorry, his strikeouts to walk ratio. It's fifty-seven to five. Fifty-seven strikeouts only allowed five walks so far this season. So. Um, you know, the Eflin, if he's in, you know, some of these underdog roles or a short favorite price, um, definitely need to back a guy like this because he's kind of flying under the radar uh, on this Phillies uh, pitching rotation. Yes, we'll, uh, I'll certainly be looking for that the next few times he's on the hill. Um, you have a batter for us, Muna. I did. I want to talk about Trey Turner. Um, you know, he, he is uh, one of the up and coming superstars in this league on that Washington Nationals team. Um, you know, especially being in, in Washington, we kind of talk about Juan Soto being the guy there. Um, you know, they picked up Kyle Schwarber in the off season, but, you know, Trey Turner is a, it's a young kid that he has superstar potential. And we're seeing that year in and year out. Currently he's batting 327 for this team, sneaky 10 home runs already for him, 23 RBIs, um, I feel like he doesn't get that national attention that as much as he should, because when you have a guy like Juan Soto on your team, you're not going to really get that attention. So I kind of want to put, I wanted to point uh, Trey Turner out 
And defensively, he's really good for the um, Nationals at that shortstop position. Um, you know, if you get a chance to watch this guy, go out and watch what he can do, not only with his bat, but his glove and the speed that he has. He also has eight stolen bases, which is, you know, leading the team, obviously. Um, but, you know, he is on my fantasy team, so that's why one, one reason <laughs> I wanted to point him out also. But his uh, wins, of, uh, wins above replacement is at 2.1 which I think is pretty good for uh, a caliber player like him. It's number one on his team, at least. And uh, let me see if I can pull it up for where he's at across the entire MLB. Um, give me one second here. But I would, yeah, I wanted to quick uh, point out his. Uh, it feels like he's been around a long time. I was actually, he's kind of like a veteran, but he's not. He's in just his 20, is that age 28 season this year? Yeah, um, yeah that's crazy, right? And I, yeah, the, the, you're right. He's a stellar defender, and I think there's a couple there's a couple of stats that will sort of come closer together. His his walk rate at the minute is only four point seven percent, where he's normally good for eight or nine percent. Yeah. Uh, and his K rate's over at twenty and a half. So they kind of two things are kind of linked. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's a two or three percent to go in either direction, and they'll they'll get closer to to the middle as well. Um, but he does hit for power. He doesn't look like he, he's quite a slight, quite a slight guy. But he's great. Yeah. He's great for his for his stolen base. He's a genuine. Uh, he's a genuine power speed um, threat. And I think and I think those numbers, like I say, the walk rate and the and the K rate, is, are going to come closer together. So yeah, that's a great pick out, Muna. Yeah, and he's, just last point on it, he's number two in the National League as far as hits, and then uh, his WAR is good for number five, I believe, in the National League. So. You could probably get if you think that this is a guy that ha- will be in that MVP conversation. You know, he's sitting there at fifteen to one right now. Um, you know, I would probably prefer close to twenty to one, but I think that's a good option with all the injuries that are going on in the National League. You know, he's a he's a sneaky good uh, you know superstar on that Nationals team. Yeah. Uh, so the batter I picked out, um, and what I wanted to point out was while we were while we were looking at these batters, that the kind of everyone is living in the shadow, I think, of Ronald Acuna. Um, yeah. But I didn't want to go... I mean, he's, to be fair, he's still about three to one for that MVP. So that's a working man's price. Like, he's not he's not minus odds. So if you yeah. want to take the three to one on Acuna, um, I absolutely wouldn't put you off that at all. What I was trying to do was trying to find a, a bit of a fancier price. And that's probably folly because um, the three to one on Acuna... Yeah, uh, might just be one of the uh, one of the prices of the season if you can pick it up. Um, actually, hit his first his first walk off home run last night. Yeah, uh, for, the, for yeah, that was the so. But we've been you're looking there at Trey Turner at number five. I've gone straight to the top of this list, Moon. I've gone Route One mm-hmm. um, with Nick Castellanos. Um, it was just an absolute. He's a professional hitter. He, you, you get the when you watch him bat, you just feel like he's going to get a hit absolutely every time he stands up there. Um, and I mean, he's 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 batting three thirty eight, um, eleven home runs, um, only the one steal. Um, but he's just uh, he, he hits for power. Uh, he gets on base. Nine percent walk rate. We were just talking about Trey Turner's down at four percent. Mm-hmm. Um, only striking out eighteen percent of the time. Most of the balls at the top there are all kind of over, over twenty percent. Um, he's it's a thirty-three to one. Ladies, uh, for the for that MVP, he's not a very fashionable choice, I think, just because he is so, he's just very steady, Eddie, like Castellanos. Um, 
And I do think Cincinnati are candidates for a little bit of a slide. Um, they had quite a lot of their bats who were who were due a little bit of regression, which we've kind of seen um, over the last week or so. Yeah. But Castellanos, um, he never really lets you down. Last season was bonkers. You can put a line through that at 225. Yeah. Um, but before that, like I say, you can throw a blanket over the over the four. Um, is, is for batting averages before that with with Detroit and then Cincinnati 285, 272, 298, 289. So you kind of hang your hat on a, a 285 average, like I say, 338 at the moment. So sure. possibly going to come down, or although he might he might stay hot. Uh, I think taking on Acuna is you're taking on health maybe, um, and obviously we're not going to sit here and we're not wishing uh, or forecasting injuries on players. But the 33 to 1 uh, is good value because he just doesn't look like stopping. I think he's just going to hit and hit and hit and hit and hit. Yeah, I mean, this guy really reminds me of... uh, He really reminds me of J.D. Martinez for some reason. I mean, I think their batting styles is is really similar. Like you say, he's a guy that can really hit for power and and things like that. So... um, you know, uh, like you said, again, this guy might be due for some regression. And, um, but again, he still has 11 home runs. I think this is a guy that has uh, potential to hit 40 to 45 home runs if he's able to stay healthy. He's already at 11 home runs, but this guy is a big key for, um, for the Reds and their, and their, and their, their batting, batting lineup. Sorry. So, um, you know, I think that, this is a guy definitely to keep your eye on. Yeah, I just sort of say the thirty-three to one. I was I was trying to I was trying to fetch out one of the fancier priced ones, uh, and that was the way uh, that I went with with Castellanos. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. So if you want the 33 to 1 on Castellanos, get on that. Get your free 500, stick it on Trey Turner, all angles covered. Nobody's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three put the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to getroman.com slash SGP now. You can get a free online evaluation, ongoing care for your ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A US licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Go to getroman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. There's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Getroman.com slash SGP. Get started to save $15 on your first month of treatment. So, Munaf, 
Moving on to this weekend, uh, it's Thursday night as we record this. So we're looking Friday to Sunday. Uh, the couple of series that I looked at um, were the White Sox and Yankees, uh, who were the two favourites for their divisions. Uh, so flexing the muscles, they'll be this weekend against each other. Uh, the Red Sox and the Phillies. And the Twins and the Indians, um, again, another divisional series. And I kind of put it in just because the Twins have been so bad. Um, mm, and then yeah. all of a sudden, we've really seen a big shift in their line. Um, they were still hanging around at the kind of four or five to one mark as if people were expecting them to get better. Um, because we can say it's, a, it's, a, it's early in the season. It's a small sample. The Twins will get back to where the Twins are going to be. And they just keep getting beat. They're getting worse. They've been they've been beaten again tonight um, in the first of that double header. So they're now down to fourteen and twenty eight, and it's just that time of the season now where it's kind of now or never, um, and reflected in the odds out to eighteen to one. So are those series moving off. Um, anything caught your eye? Yeah, those are all great series that you pointed out. I think there's, uh, you know, obviously always, I'm always watching the Red Sox series. So I think again, the one against the Phillies is going to be a a great series for both of these teams. Um, like you mentioned, White Sox and Yankees, that's going to be a great one. Uh, I think there's two more that I kind of want to point out. The first one was we talked about these two teams today where the Dodgers and then uh, the Giants this weekend, I think that's going to be a fun series to kind of keep an eye on, you know, battle of first place in that division. Um, you know, those when those two teams together get together, it's always a, a huge rivalry out West and the fans always get involved. So we always see some, some videos on Twitter always circulating of those two fan bases fighting it out in the stands or kind of <laughs> near the uh, food stands there. So keep an eye out for that. <laughs> Is that what happens? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a, it's a huge rivalry out there. Um, it's almost like the Red Sox and Yankees uh, rivalry. So um, I'll send you some videos later to check out. Uh, this weekend <laughs> okay, I look forward fights. to that. I'll, I'll send some to you to check out. Um, and the other one, again, I get the Lone Stars, again, the uh, Astros and the uh, yes. Rangers getting together. Hopefully the uh, Astros are able to sweep them. And, you know, for my uh, divisional uh, bet's sake, that they take care of business in that division. And the other one that we had kind of talked about AL West was that the Oakland A's are going to start playing some um, their divisional games. Now they're going to take on the LA Angels this weekend also. I know no Mike Trout, but again, another series to kind of keep your eye on. So I think those are a pretty good series this weekend. You know, we've had some duds over the past couple of weeks, but we have about four to five good ones this weekend. Yeah, the uh, Astros have beaten the Athletics tonight and gone level with them. Uh, level on wins, actually. We'll be half a game back, uh, 26 and 18. And just we've, we've been expecting them maybe just to start edging ahead um, over the next... A couple of weeks or so. But I mean, the, the A's, for fair play to them. I was expecting them to maybe drop away. And they've actually been they've been really competitive. They kind of win one, lose one at the moment. Uh, but I'm still expecting the Astros to get away. And that series against the Rangers is a good chance uh, yeah. to do that. Because the, the Rangers aren't a great team. Yeah, Astros yeah, have that- won. Sorry, uh, they've won eight out of their last nine. So... They're, they're getting hot at the right time and they've all been against uh, divisional opponents. So I, I think the last time I checked, the Astros were up to minus odds for the division. So uh, when we talked about it a few weeks ago, I hope some yeah. of our listeners were able to get in on that plus price. Yeah, I think they, they almost had to shift. That was one of our, that's one of our favorite bets um, since we started doing the 
the this podcast. We yeah. uh, we mentioned that sort of in consecutive weeks because the price was still holding uh, and we're just starting to see the line move, uh, the needle move a little bit. So yeah. uh, that brings us on to our picks then, Munaf. We need to go at a minimum three and four this week. Uh, we've got... We've we stopped the rot with a two and four, so we need to uh, we need to go minimum three and four, which means one of us picking up at least our dog, uh, as well as both of our locks. So, what have you got for us? Yeah, I'll kick it off with my lock this week, and it's and it's a series that I just talked about with the Astros and the Rangers Saturday night. Lance McCullers taking on the Rangers. Um, he already faced them this past Sunday. Dominated the start, six innings pitch, five hits, gave up zero uh, zero runs. Astros won that game, six to two. Historically, McCullers has done well against the Rangers. In 2020, he had two starts against them, 11 innings pitched, only allowed four hits, did not allow a single run. And he has a 17 to two strikeout to walk ratio last season. So that success for Lance McCullers has continued this season, like I mentioned. He had a great start against him on Sunday, and I, I have no doubt that he's going to do that again on Saturday because it is, a again, a rivalry between these two teams. And the opposing starter scheduled for the Rangers is Jordan Lyles in that game going up against Lance McCullers and the Astros' bats. Um, not great numbers for Jordan Lyles. He has an 8.47 ERA at home, close to a 7 ERA at night. Last season wow. in three appearances against the Astros, he allowed in 15 innings he gave up 12 hits and seven earned runs. So my lock is going to be uh, Lance McCullers on the mound for the Astros on Saturday, taking on the Rangers. And then my dog um, is going to go on Sunday. It's going to be Casey Mize against the Royals. Uh, these, this team, he's pitched against the Royals twice already this season, one and one against them so far. He's pitching better on the road for some reason this, uh, this season. He has a 2.84 ERA on the road versus a 5.52 ERA at home. And like I said, going up against this team for the third time, I think he'll make the prop, the proper adjustments um, to face these Royal batters. Uh, he should be a um, a dog in this case, or maybe close to a pick but I feel good about this dog this week. So hopefully that's a 2-0 situation um, uh, for, for me. So that's going to be the lock is going to be the Astros money line with Lance McCullers on the mound against the Rangers on Saturday night. And then my dog will be on Sunday, the Detroit Tigers, Casey Mize taking on the Kansas city Royals um, against again. Yeah. Against the Royals on Sunday. Yeah. I like both of those. Obviously um, McCullers has been great, but Texas bats, um, were probably outperforming where they were going to be maybe two or three weeks ago. Uh, and it's certainly coming back, coming back home to roost now. And I think even uh, John Lyles maybe got his, got his uh, slice of luck on Monday night. He was the pitcher on the mound when they beat the Yankees on, on Monday. It's funny you brought you, bringing up the Detroit-Kansas series because every time I was, I was going through Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I just kept getting drawn back to that series. And there's no real reason for it because it's not particularly glamorous series. The two of the, the yeah. poorer teams, Detroit, uh, have kind of always been scuffling around, even though they put a little a little five-win um, streak together last week. Uh, and Kansas started quite hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've made their way to under 500. But every every night on that Friday, Saturday, I was just drawn to it. And the, the matchups... Um, the matchups look quite interesting. Is probably the right word. They're not. They're not hugely exciting. Um, 
start with the one you talked about, Casey Mize, uh, and Chris Bubich, um, who threw six scoreless innings against the Brewers on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so that was a decent matchup. I think Brady Singer's pitching one night, and I've mentioned him in the past and uh, and bet him a couple of times. He's taken on Matthew Boyd's another one. It was every matchup was just pitches that I've been interested in because I think they can either go one way or the other. I think the due improvement or the due regression in. Um, and I'll get. I'll, that's the series I'll be looking to get involved with. They're all. They're all. Um, they're all going to be really close to Pickens as well. Uh, yeah. I think the one you mentioned, uh, Boyd and Singer, on Saturday. And I'm just what, looking what the Friday night matchup is. Um, it's Urena uh, and Minor. There you go again. I mean, it's absolutely, totally and utterly unglamorous. Um, but there's definitely, there's definitely an angle in that. I'd say I just, um, I, I couldn't get away from it. My eyes, my eyes just re- kept returning uh, to that series. Um, okay, so the two I've picked, I wasn't sure if on, on luck or dog status, because I think these are both possible pickums. Uh, you might be able to give me, uh, give me a nudge. Yeah. On these, the first one I picked was. Uh, Saturday night, which is the Reds against the Brewers. And really, this was, I, I, I picked the Reds on the strength of um, Sonny Gray. Uh, Sonny Gray is 0-3 so far this season, mm. uh, which really has been, he's, he's quite unfortunate uh, to be 0-3. He's, got, he's only got an, an ERA uh, of 3.86, but he's been improving uh, his off-speed stuff. Uh, he's slowly getting a feel for it. Um, and actually, when he lost last time out, um, the team didn't do him any favours. There was some terrible... Uh, they played some terrible um, defence as well. And I do like Sonny Gray. He's a player I've watched for a couple of years. And he's taken on he's taken on Brett Anderson. Brett Anderson, who's two and three with a 4.5 ERA. So I think, obviously, Gray would be favoured maybe on the pitching, but... Uh, Brewers have got the better team, so there'll not be much in this. I, th- I think Gray will be a favourite, but he certainly won't be a uh, particularly short favourite. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to lock Sonny Gray up. I think he's going to get that win. He's I mean we're, we're a long way into the season. He's zero and three, but he's uh, he's better than that. And I think he's going to he's going to get a W on Saturday night. And then for my dog, this was another one that uh, what night was this on Friday night. Um, which I thought would be close to a pick'em as well for a couple of reasons. Um, it's going to be Oakland. I'm going to take Oakland against the Angels. Uh, we've mentioned the Angels uh, missing a couple of key players, obviously. Uh, and the Angels have got Jose Contana on the mound, who, mm. again, is a particularly uninspiring choice of pitching. Now, Quintana's going to be a underdog most of the time. Um, he's 0-3. 8.53 ERA um, doesn't get beyond the fourth or fifth inning particularly often. Um, but what I think makes the price here is the Oakland pitcher who is going to be an unfamiliar name to a lot of us. It's, uh, it's a rookie by the names of James Caprillian. Mm-hmm. Um, he's Oakland's number 10 Prospect pitched against your Red Sox uh, last week, allowed one run over five innings. So actually got the dub. Yeah. So he's one and zero. Oh. Um, and I just thought that you can normally you'd normally be wanting to take, or I personally would be wanting to take Jose Quintana on. Um, 
but it's going to be at a prohibitive price. Now, the fact that this Caprillion is pitching, I don't think it's going to be a prohibitive price. So I'm going to take him as my dog. Now, I mean, I, it could be close to a pick him. Do you have a feel on that, Munaf? Where do you think that might be set up? Yeah, I think it'll be probably close to a pick him because I think this is a second start for... Um... Uh, the, the ace pitcher that you mentioned and him being a rookie, I don't think that he's going to be in a favorite situation. So this might be close to maybe like Quintana minus 115, minus 120. So you may be able to get that at probably even money or maybe even some plus money. So um, it'll be interesting to see where that line kind of comes out. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it when it comes out on when you say it's going off on Friday. Yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe tonight that line may be posted. So it'll be interesting to see where it kind of comes out. So, you know, Jose Quintana, like you've mentioned, he's just been awful this season. Um, just across the numbers of the numbers are bad. So I, I could, you know, you kind of like backing teams where a pitch where a team or a batting lineup hasn't seen a pitcher. And I think that's the case right now for the Oakland A's rookie that's going to be starting for them. Um, yeah, I did, so, I did think that obviously I've, I've, I've like my woes about Kevin Gorsman going eight innings and not getting the win. Please, Zach, giving up six runs, then getting the win. This is a game that could come down to two bullpens in the, I say, Quintana never gets through the fifth inning. He's done it once in seven starts. Yeah. Um, Caprillion only threw five innings. Don't know how stretched out he is. He threw five innings against the Red Sox. Um, the Oakland bullpen has a 10-2 and two record. Mm-hmm. Um, the LA Angels... Uh, ranked 26th. So even if this gets to, this wasn't necessarily um, a, a play on start and pitching either. If this gets to the fifth inning and it's a relatively close game, I'm then happy for Auckland uh, yeah. with that 10 and two record, Deepman, Lou Trevino, people like that. You uh, smell petite to come in and close that out. So I, I was, I was trying to add a, add a new angle in because I keep getting hung up on starting pitches and then sometimes the bullpen blew it for you. But uh, this, the, the bullpens backed up, backed up what I was trying to do with this one. So I was happy taking it kind of close to a pick him. Um, kind of also on the grounds that I thought Sonny Gray might be close. Uh, so I'm taking two relatively relatively tight markets, although not 100% sure which one, which way around is going to be a lock and a dog. Yeah, no, I yeah, think the it's... rationale behind it is is uh, it, it makes sense, right? So hopefully, maybe who knows? You probably give out two dog winners this week, and uh, uh, we were able to cash them. Hopefully, yeah. So that'll be Sunny Gray for the Reds against the Bruce on Saturday, and James Caprillion for Auckland against the Angels on Friday. Um, and I think Moonaf, that is us done. Yeah, longer than uh, I expected, but. I don't care about time when we're talking about baseball and sports. I can go all night. So uh, I don't need Roman when it comes to talking about sports. <laughs> uh, I know I came in, like I say, I've a, I mean, I am a notoriously lazy man, Moonaf. You ask yeah. any of my friends, they'll tell you I'm absolutely born idle. But today I've been, I've done four different jobs. I'm a, I mean, I've been turning the cogs of industry today. Uh, yeah. The British economy has been leaning on me today. Um, <laughs> and then I got in, tonight at 11 p.m. and message you and I thought oh, let's try and we, we might we might knock out 40 minutes because I want to go to bed and here we are an hour and 20 minutes later still <laughs> just quite happily rabbiting on about Oakland days relief pitching um <laughs> it's really not a problem like um so no thank you very much we'll be back on Sunday night where we will uh, analyze everything that's gone right or wrong uh, over the weekend in MLB and on our picks um 
as always, the Slack channel. Um, all the Slack channels we mentioned at the top of the show that uh, the golf Slack channel is absolutely brilliant on a Thursday. The first round leader yeah. <laughs> uh, stuff goes on. And the baseball channel and the, the weekly Draft Kings um, game. So hit myself or Moonaf up on Twitter or get yourself in the Slack channel. Um, the show will normally go out uh, at some point later today or on Friday morning. So all the usual channels at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. You'll get my tally side picks. I would suggest following uh, Will Moorman as well. Yeah. Uh, B-ball betting 101 uh, because he's just been an absolute machine for weeks on end now. It's getting ridiculous. Like he's been flames for about three weeks solid. So um, I look forward to Sunday, Moonaf, and yes. uh, we can we can have a chat and see where we went right or wrong. Yeah, Sunday we're going to have Nick on, so that'll be fun to prick his brain. Um, and Yeah, look forward to talking to Nick and also you and recap the weekend. Uh, hopefully it's a, a great weekend for all of us. Excellent. Totally agree. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Moonaf. Uh, we'll speak Sunday. We'll see you down the road. 